0: Of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God.
1: Yesterday, we began reasoning with you um, concerning the place of character in disciple making. We saw that God's standard remains timeless and unchangeable. God's asking us to be perfect is still, I mean, he hasn't changed his mind concerning that. We also saw that it is by the fruit of the disciple or any person that you know him. Meaning that the character of the disciple interferes or shapes, influences ultimately the disciple. Today we want to take the journey one step further and look at doctrine and to help us do that is Apostle JFK Mentor. Let's
0: pray our Heavenly Father here we are again. This annual retreat is for you to mold us once again, as a movement to carry Christ likeness worldwide. Well Our prayer is that by the end of this retreat, we shall multiply for you Christ like disciples and disciple makers. Lord, let your spirit rest on these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you MC for your wonderful summary. Once again at this retreat our desire is to improve the quality of disciples we make At the same time, multiply the quantity of disciples we make. Yesterday, we tried to look at Christ-like character. Building Christ-like character in the disciples we are working on. And today, I will be zeroing on Christo, apostolic doctrine. Tomorrow, God willing, I will work on spirit-filled, spirit-led lives. Now, allow me to register five critical issues. I want everybody to take home from this place. Number one, God is not interested in spreading JFK. God is not interested in spreading CDM. God is not interested in spreading the Pope, Archbishop, Bishop, Pastor, any man of God or woman of God in the world. He is only interested in spreading Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 17 verse 5 when Moses and Elijah appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus Christ, Peter said, let's build three chapels, three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus, because he was putting them at par. But a voice came from heaven and resounded,
1: this it's my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Let's take the reading. Matthew seventeen five. Yes. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I this know. To him.
0: I know Moses is there. That's what God is saying. I know Moses is there. I know Elijah is there. But this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God is not interested in spreading any pastor, any church, any congregation, parachurch, organization, archbishop. bishop God is not interested, not even in spreading Moses or Elijah. He is interested in spreading Jesus. Is the point made? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 says, God is gathering everything in heaven and on earth under Jesus,
1: one Lordship. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10, To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, that is Christ.
0: All things in heaven and on earth under one head, Jesus. Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 to 11 says, Wherefore God also has highly exalted him, and given to Jesus the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven, on earth, under the earth, should bow, and every tongue should confess, Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. God wants to showcase Jesus. It pleased God that the fullness of the Godhead should live inside Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 and then Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. But not only that, the Holy Spirit's major work is to glorify
1: Jesus. Let's read it from John sixteen fourteen. John sixteen fourteen, He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Jesus was talking of the Holy Spirit.
0: And he says, he will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and showing it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 says, nobody can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit.
1: 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus the cursed. Yes. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the holy spirit. It is
0: holy spirit who prompts us to say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus himself said in John 14:26 that when the holy spirit comes he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things
1: I have said to you. John 14:26. But the counselor, the holy spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things. remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus is God's masterpiece.
0: He is God's idol. He is God's icon. He is God's hero. It's Jesus that God wants to showcase. And the Holy Spirit has come to lift up Jesus, to glorify Jesus, to point to Jesus, to change us transform us into the image of Jesus. Any organization that is spreading anything other than Jesus will ultimately fail. But Jesus said in John 12:32, "When I am lifted up,
1: I will draw all men to me." John 12:32. But I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself.
0: Let your disciples notice. Let it be fixed in their minds, in their hearts, in their consciences, in their souls. Then we will not stray. Amen. This is why yesterday I highlighted Christ-like character. Today... I want us to zero onto the kind of teaching we hold. I am saying it should be Christo apostolic, meaning what Christ and the apostles believed and taught. That's final. Doctrine is critical because what you believe. And are convinced of. Changes your character. A Muslim. Marries four wives. Because the Quran. Says they should marry up to four wives. A Christian. Will never marry even two. Why? Because our Jesus does not allow that. You can't be an elder in any church. Christian church in the world. If you have more than one wife. You should be husband of one wife therefore what we believe from the bible affects how we marry and what they believe from the quran affects the number of women they marry the type of doctrine you believe affects how you behave if you believe that there is nothing wrong with cheating in exams you cheat as a christian if you believe that there's nothing wrong with bribery and corruption You accept envelopes and change justice. Because that's what you believe. If you really believe that there's nothing wrong with lasting after girls in your heart, you carry it on. One friend of mine told me that uh, his wife tells him to look at the buttocks of the girls. and, And he looks at them. It's because it's a conscious issue. If you believe that you should not last after a girl in your heart, even if it is coming as a temptation in your heart, that's where you fight and conquer it. So what you believe matters. If you believe you should go to church on Saturday and go to farm on Sunday, you do that. And when you see everybody going to church on Sunday, you laugh at them. That's what we call doctrine. Doctrine. So in the main doctrine shapes your character two doctrine affects your spiritual growth Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 says that we be no longer children tossed
1: to and fro by every doctrine Ephesians 4:14 4, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, Yes. and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful schemes. Once you are
0: a baby Christian, every doctrine shapes you, turns you up and down, to and fro, because of what you have been taught, and you have believed. The third reason why doctrine is important is, doctrine helps us to recognize false doctrines and true doctrines. The more you master the truth, biblical doctrine, Christo-apostolic doctrine, you will be able to know the difference between who is a true apostle and who is a false apostle. Revelation chapter 2 verse 2, they tested people who said they were apostles and found them false.
1: Revelation chapter 2 verse 2, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not and have found them false.
0: There are false apostles. Not everybody who calls himself apostle is an apostle. In the same way, there are false teachers. Second Peter chapter two, verse one says there are false prophets and there will be false teachers among us.
1: Second Peter chapter two, verse one. But there were also false prophets among the people just as there will be false teachers among you.
0: And in Matthew 24:24, 24, 24, Jesus said that there will be false Christs and false prophets and they will do such great miracles and signs that even if it were possible the elect people who are to go to heaven they will be deceived.
1: Matthew 24:24. 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will appear. And perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible.
0: To deceive even the elect. This is why any church which doesn't give attention to doctrine. You are joking. You are joking. Huh? They asked Jesus, what are the signs of the end times? And how can we know about your second coming? His first response in the Matthew 24, 5 is, beware that you are not deceived. You see, because there will be false apostles, false prophets, false teachers, false evangelists, false shepherds and hirelings, false doctrine, doctrines of demons, and there will be people preaching false gospel. This means that if you don't master good doctrine, sound doctrine, your end is gutter, disaster. That's the truth. But the fourth reason why doctrine is important is for ministry. To be a Sunday school teacher, you need doctrine. To be a child evangelist, you need doctrine. To go and do house to house, you need doctrine. To pastorally visit somebody whose husband has just died, you need to know doctrine. You see, to be a church planter, you need doctrine. To be a Sunday school teacher for adults, you need doctrine. You need doctrine because the whole world, everybody is asking questions. You need doctrine for ministry. Number five, you need doctrine for unity. Church unity. You know, we are talking about unity, but we cannot sacrifice truth for unity. You can't just unite with everybody. In 2 John verse 9-11, to the Bible says anybody who doesn't have
1: the doctrine of Christ
0: doesn't have the Father
1: and the Son. Second John 9 Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Hallelujah. If you don't have the doctrine of Jesus,
0: you don't have God. That's what the Bible is saying. So, if Christians are to unite, what are they uniting around? You see? We are uniting around truth. Because Jesus said in John eight thirty one and 32, if you continue in my words, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He said in John 18, 37, 38, that for this reason I was born. This is the reason I came into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Anyone, anyone who is of the truth comes to me. He said in John 17, 17, Make them holy in your truth. Your word is truth. So, it is not a question of just No, we are all Christians. Let's unite. Unite around what? What are we uniting around? So if there is no doctrinal strength, apostolic doctrine is not highlighted, then why, why are you uniting? But if we are of the same doctrine, we can unite. So doctrine unites, doctrine divides. But that's not all. Doctrine affects your prayer. The way you pray is because of what you believe. I remember some time I was sick. And I believed that it was God calling me home. I didn't pray. Because if it's God calling me home, your will be done. Then one of the ZDM brothers came and met me. And said, Pastor, you know what? Even if you don't care to die because of yourself, for our sake, you have to stay alive. And the Holy Spirit used that to pierce my heart. So that day, for the first time in the sickness, I said, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke this sickness, in the name of Jesus. When I started praying, I saw I had a vision and I saw rings, you know, like these uh, wristwatch rings coming out of my my liver. I said what meaning is the devil. What then the blood of Jesus rebuke the blood of Jesus rebuke by the next morning I was okay. So what you believe affects your prayer. The kind of things you pray for, how you pray, and in which manner, with what perseverance, all depends on what your doctrine is. In addition to that, your doctrine affects how you can help other people. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 to 14, he complains that now you should be teachers, but you still need someone to teach you the elementary doctrines of the faith. Now, when you are all children in the house, and there is a problem, no child can help another child. All of you are children. But if you have an older brother, older sister, he can carry the younger ones at the back or solve the problem which is too much for the children. Doctrinal strength gives us a certain poise against Satan and against challenges we meet in life. 1 John chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. He says, I write to you, young men, you are strong. The Word of God abides in you. You have overcome the evil one. 1
1: John chapter 2, verse 13 I write to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one.
0: Hallelujah. I am saying that all those pastors who say that, well, we, we don't care about doctrine. or oh, doctrine causes confusion and quarrel, so we, we, are, we don't go there. Then what, what are you teaching? What are you uniting around? In fact, The first time I read Mark chapter 7, verse 7 to 9, I sat down. The kind of doctrine you hold can make all your worship of God useless.
1: Mark chapter 7, from 7 to 9. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men.
0: They worship me in vain because they are doctrines. They are teachings of men which they give help you, you are worshipping. But it's useless because God is truth and spirit and he accepts worship according to truth
1: and the spirit. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men.
0: So, that's it. Anyway, Now, let us zero into the convictions of your disciple. A belief is what you want to argue about. But a conviction is what you are prepared to die for. Let us look at Jesus Christ. What ruled Jesus? What moved Jesus? What gave Jesus his teaching? When Jesus was going to die, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 24, he revealed to us
1: the secret of his life. Matthew twenty six twenty four, The Son of Man will go just as is written about Him. The Son of Man goes just as it is written about
0: Him. The Son of Man. He goes as it is written about Him. Jesus believes the Bible and allows the Bible to govern His life. He said in John 10.35, the scripture cannot be broken. And you need to understand that Jesus believed that every word in the Old Testament was the Holy Spirit speaking through the people who wrote the Old Testament.
1: I prefer the Mark 12 24. Mark 12, 24. 24. Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? You make mistakes. You are
0: in error because you don't know the scriptures and the power of God. In this life, we live here only once so. We pass here only once so. And we are judged. We are not Buddhists believing in reincarnation. When you die, it is the end of... Hebrews nine twenty seven says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that judgment. So, if you make an error in life, it's final. Jesus said, "You eh, you make mistakes because you do not know the Bible or oh, the power of God." And let's read the Matthew twenty two. Let's read verse forty three and forty four. And listen to Jesus' opinion.
1: Matthew 22, 43 and 44, he said to them, how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet.
0: L- let's go slowly. The passage Jesus is quoting is from Psalm 110 verse 1. It's one of the Psalms. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Then Jesus is explaining that. David said this by the Holy Spirit. Jesus believed that it was the Holy Spirit who influenced the people who wrote the Bible. And that is the position of the apostles also. Acts chapter 1 verse 16 Peter told the team of the 120 that it was the Holy Spirit who used the mouth of David to talk. Please, read it for us.
1: In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David. The Holy Spirit
0: spoke long ago through the mouth of David. What about Acts 4.25?
1: Acts four twenty five. you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David.
0: You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father. This is David who, this is David who slept with Bathsheba, this, this is not Isaiah, this is not Ezekiel, this is not Jeremiah, this is David, this is David. And what about isaiah in acts chapter twenty eight verse twenty six and the bible is clear that these people is the holy spirit look what what is the conviction eh, of peter let's read it second peter chapter one verse twenty and twenty one these people believe that the bible is final the bible is is by the spirit of god the bible cannot be broken the bible is truth
1: second peter chapter 1 20 and 21 above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit
0: men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit that's the bible you hold in your hands Therefore, any church which does not respect Bible doctrine, heaven does not respect you. Am I saying it myself? No. Let's read it.
1: Matthew chapter 5. Let's read verse 19. Matthew five nineteen. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of God. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of God. What is the conviction of Paul about the Bible
0: and the gospel he preaches? He said in Galatians 1, 8 and 9, Anybody who preaches another gospel, even if it's an angel from heaven, or we ourselves who wrote the Bible, if we get up from the grave and say, I am Paul, I am Peter, and what we wrote in the Bible is not true, they should be cursed forever.
1: Galatians 1, 8 and 9, But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Yes. As we have already said, so now I say again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned.
0: This is strong. He says even an angel from heaven. These days I hear some men of God and prophets and prophets say that the, the Lord has spoken to them through Nicodemus. And that even John, who was on the Isle of Patmos, he has spoken to them. Who who is John? Who who is Nicodemus? Who who, who is Elijah? Who, Who is Moses? Eh? Even if an angel from heaven or the people who wrote the Bible should get up and say what they wrote in the Bible is wrong, they are cursed. That's the conviction of Paul. And Peter, Said that the letters of Paul are like the Bible. Second Peter chapter three.
1: Let's read verse fifteen and sixteen. Second Peter three, fifteen and sixteen. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction.
0: What about John? John, the guy who put his head on the chest of Jesus the night before Jesus was crucified. What is conviction? John says that even reading the Bible is a blessing. Let's read it, Revelation chapter 1,
1: verse 3. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. Just reading, you are blessed. Anytime you take the
0: Bible and you are reading, you are, you are blessed. I see people going to do things to be blessed. Read your Bible. <laughs> eh? Read your Bible. You are blessed. You want blessing?
1: Read your Bible. Yes. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near.
0: Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19, he says that anyone, absolutely anyone, who adds to the words of the prophecy, God will add to them all the plagues and the punishments in the book. And anybody who subtracts anything from the Bible, God will subtract your
1: person from eternal life in heaven. Revelation 22, 18 and 19 I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Please, 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 please. Jesus
0: said in Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth will pass away. My words will never pass away. We live in a fast changing world. Everything is changing now. Everything. Even women want to change to become men. Men want to go for operation and become women. Everything is changing. But The scripture is the same eternally. Psalm 119 verse 89. It says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled. It's fixed in the heavens. You know, this younger generation, when we, the older people, complain, you say, oh daddy, you don't know that's why. The world is changing. You people, you are old. You don't understand anything. You see, you are old, and because you are old, that's why you think that way. <laughs> Do you think so? Ah. The scripture, the scripture cannot be broken forever, oh Lord, your word is settled. Even if you take your Bible and burn it, there is an original and burnable copy in the heavens. And there are sermons your pastor will never preach to you until you die. There are parts of the Bible your church will never open it to you until you die. It is in your own safety to read the Bible, to study the Bible, to memorize the Bible, to meditate upon the Bible. If you wait for your church to ever come to that Bible chapter, you will die. If they come to it after your death, then people after your death are changing. You are already in your grave. Therefore, it is important to change the person you are discipling to the Bible. You see, change their conscience to the Bible. Because when you do that, the Bible begins to shape them in a way you can never shape. One of the secrets I have discovered as a father. And I have five children. I have five grandchildren now. I, I qualify to be a father anywhere in the world. I am a father. And what I am saying is that. Just telling your child, if you do this, daddy won't love you. Mommy won't love you. And, mommy says, and daddy says, the children of today don't hear that again. You have to link them to a source of authority bigger than you. And there they will they will now bow. If you do that, you save them for the future. That's it. In the same way, if you don't train your disciple in daily quiet time, in Bible reading yearly, in mastering, showing the Bible. Remember, if you don't train your disciple in that, you are training your disciple for being deceived. One day, one day, your disciple will become a Jehovah Witness. Say, yes, I met them. And they say, only 144,000 are going to heaven. And the rest of us are going to be on this earth. And when they showed me the Bible verses, I said, ah. Uh... He said, ah. Uh, because he has never read the Bible through You see, we need to build our disciples, to be glued to the Bible, to see the scripture as the standard for Christian conduct, Christian thought and Christian, you know, approach to life, Christian ministry, a uh, Christian prayer. The scripture must be the foundation of disciple making. And the more Bible we push into the lives of our disciples, the more the quality of disciples. That's why the Acts chapter chapter 6 verse 7, it says, The word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied. If the word of God increases, the number of disciples multiplies. Acts twelve twenty four. Oh.
1: Acts 12, 24. Yes. But the word of God continued to increase and spread.
0: The word of God continued to increase and spread. The word, the word of God. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. You know, I was a Roman Catholic when I was born again. And by age 18, I had never read the Bible through before. What is Bible? Once you carry your missile and go to church, you are okay. Then I started reading the Bible. I said, huh? Huh? this in the Bible? Look, it was the first time when I read Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20 that I knew for the first time that if you sleep with your own sister born by your father or your mother it's a case. I never knew. I never knew. So for us young children and as we were growing up, you know, you do it. When I read it, I said, Nobody has ever told me. Nobody told me. I said, what? The more I read the Bible, the more my conscience was some people. There are certain things I will never do until I die. There are certain dresses I will never put on until I die. There are some haircuts. I will never cut my hair that way until I die. Conviction from the Bible. My conscience is glued to the Bible. It's locked in the Bible. And anything that is not biblical, I don't want to respect it. It doesn't mean much to me. You can be talking about it, but when I look into my Bible and rate it, I don't put it where you have put it. It's no big deal for me. I tell my wife, I'm not an unreasonable husband. There are many things I don't quarrel with my wife about. Because it's not worth fighting. You see, the color of the paint in my bedroom. Why should I fight with my wife over it? You see, it's, it's, it's not something I should fight it. So you'll never come to my home and see me quarrel with my wife. Now why did you use red instead of blue? to paint the whole. I don't have time for such things. I see some husbands. The reason they want to divorce their wives is she, she painted the house with blue. And I, said, what? I, I, I Amen. You see? So what I'm trying to point out today is that Biblical doctrine Christo-apostolic doctrine. You see? If we want the quality of our disciples to improve, Christ-like character yesterday, Christo-apostolic doctrine today. Let me finish. I went to preach at a university in Nigeria, central Nigeria. And that Sunday, I went to church, and every one of the university girls had covered their hair in church. And my son Moses was with me. So I said, Moses, am I seeing well? You look and see whether, you know, I probably have a problem with my eyes. What? University girls in Nigeria covering their hair in church. Do you know what I want to tell you? You are not the only person reading the Bible. (laughs) Some things your pastor says is not important. (laughs) Other people are holding it. Are you with me? Your pastor says, oh, it's not important to pay tithes. You may go to another place. They are paying their tithes correctly. Your pastor says it's not important because of the part of the Bible he is reading. look every one of us needs to sit down the god we are worshiping doesn't belong to you or your church the bible is bigger than every denomination in the world so even if your church is wrong on something and you are a bible student you will be able to uncover that and please the holy spirit Recently the evangelist Benihim came and announced that the Holy Spirit is tired of the prosperity gospel. And everybody said, Huh? He has preached that prosperity gospel for like thirty years. And there are pastors who have built their whole ministry on the prosperity gospel Benihila spirit. He's now coming and saying the Holy Spirit is tired. What do you do? What do you do? So the pastors who have built, they said, are ah, you, you made your money and now you are saying Holy Spirit is tired. Let us also make our money. Then we can say the Holy Spirit is tired. Please. Help your disciples to be glued to the Bible. Let them read the Scripture. Let the doctrine which shapes our disciples be the Bible. In that case, we can all sleep. Because as long as they continue reading the Bible, they will discover what you have discovered. They will put Christ first. They will yield to spiritual life. They will bow to Christ-like character. Everything else, world evangelism, eh? making disciples of all nations. if they read the Bible, you don't even have to press it. When you say this, oh yes, I read it myself. In fact, last time I took a decision, this. Why? Because they are onto the scriptures. I want us to be on our feet and begin to pray that heaven will help us as CDM that all the days of our existence as an institution, as a movement, we shall not leave the Bible. We shall stress Bible reading, Bible study, daily quiet time, Bible memorization, and praise it. Amen. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube, and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.